The ninth station, Jesus falls the third time. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The third temptation on the mount was not temptation by the flesh or by the world, but by the devil himself. Satan asked our blessed Lord to fall down and adore him, promising to give him all of earth's kingdoms. But Jesus said to him, The Lord your God shall you adore, and him alone shall you serve. There have been countless occasions in our lives when we have exchanged the priceless treasure of divine grace for some passing toy or pleasure. Unlike Christ, we have believed the devil's lies and traded away eternity for time, peace for remorse, and our freedom as children of God for the terrible slavery of sin. And each time that we have learned that whereas Satan promises a kingdom of pleasure, he actually gives only a wasteland of unhappiness and pain. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be worthy of the promises of Christ. Many times, dear Jesus, I promised you, after having fallen to temptation by the flesh and the world, that I would never fall again. Your third fall, dear Jesus, is a witness that I have fallen by the snares of the devil. But by rising again, you have given me another reason to hope. You have taught me that there are two kinds of persons I can be, a person who falls down and stays down, or a person who falls but gets up again. By this, your third fall, you purchase for me the grace of rising again each time I fall. The devil would give up the world to make me his own. You gave up your very life to keep me for yourself and to show me that I am worth saving. Make me feel as you have felt. Make my soul to glow and melt with the love of Christ my Lord. The Tenth Station Jesus is stripped of his garments. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. God's dealing with humanity has been a continuous process kept in motion by his overflowing goodness. The first overflowing was in giving things existence, and that was creation. The second overflowing was in telling us the secret of his love for us, and that was revelation. Finally, this love that has no limits resulted in the incarnation. As St. Paul wrote, God emptied himself, cast his glory into the background, and took upon himself the human form and habit of man. Now on the hill called Calvary, Jesus willed not only to empty himself of his divine glory, but to abandon his claim to any earthly possessions. He, the heavenly vagabond who had nowhere to lay his head, was stripped of his garments, so that in death he might have nothing but give all. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be worthy of the promises of Christ. Jesus, my Savior, if you emptied yourself, so that I could have divine life? Did you not intend that I should be filled with it? Grant then, dear Jesus, that I may empty myself of selfishness, so that I may be filled with your selflessness. Grant that I may empty myself of sin and be filled with your graces. Grant that I may empty myself of earthliness and be filled with heavenliness. Strip me from the garments of worldliness and clothe me in the white robe of baptism. 
Strengthen me so that I may welcome sacrifice and accept bodily suffering as my way of repaying you for and joining you in the merit of your passion. Holy Mother, pierce me through. In my heart, each wound renew of my Savior crucified. The Eleventh Station Jesus is nailed to the cross. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Our blessed Lord mounts his pulpit for the last time. This time it is not Peter's boat or the Galilean hills, but the pulpit of the cross. Like the words he shall utter from it, this pulpit will itself be eloquent even when time shall end. The preacher is the living word of God. The congregation is made up of soldiers who play at dice for his seamless garment, of unbelievers whose mouths are trumpets of hate and blasphemy, and of three faithful ones, Mary, Magdalene, and John. Those three faithful ones are the three types of souls always to be found beneath the cross. They represent innocence, penitence, and priesthood. The last words of Jesus are spoken first on behalf of the mockers and blasphemers. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Next to sinners, this day you shall be with me in paradise. And finally, to saints, Mother, behold your Son. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be worthy of the promises of Christ. Dear Jesus, the words you spoke from the cross reveal your tremendous thirst for the salvation of all human creatures. From your example, I begin to see what love really is and to become aware how often I crucified love. Your hands, raised to bless me, I have nailed fast. Your feet, which have sought me when I was caught in the snares of sin, I pierce with an iron stake. Your lips, which have so often called me from the paths of wickedness, I have blistered with dust. Your words of forgiveness, I only now begin to hear, and I begin to understand that when I pierced your heart, it was my own that I was slaying. So now I return to the cross, the chalice of all miseries, the hope of nearly hopeless sinners. I stand beneath your cross, O Lord, so that I can learn that it takes little time to become a saint, but much love. And I understand now that if I had never sinned, I could never call you Savior. Let me share with you his pain, who for all my sins was slain, who for me in torment died. The Twelfth Station Jesus dies upon the cross. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The great funeral pyre of suffering gradually burns itself out, and the blood of the God-man dries on the wood of the cross as a sign of his passing. His garments are consigned to his executioners, his blood to the earth, his body to the grave, his mother to John, and his soul to his heavenly Father. Having finished the last word of his testament, he bows his head and dies. His spirit descends into limbo, and his escort there is a thief. All is finished now. God has had his revenge on Satan and sin. Three things cooperated in the fall of the human race from grace. The disobedient man Adam, the proud woman Eve, and the tree. To restore that grace to us, God relied on the obedient man, Christ, the humble woman Mary, 
and the tree of the cross. But at the moment of Christ's death, his triumph was still hidden from human eyes. A mocking voice cried out, Others saved him, himself he cannot save. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be worthy of the promises of Christ. O Jesus, how truly you have taught us, no man can save himself if he is to save another. Your weakness in the face of death was but a sign of the obedience that the law of sacrifice requires. The leaves of a tree cannot save themselves if they are to bud the stems and branches by their fall. The acorn cannot save itself if it is to become the oak. And so it seems, dear Jesus, that you could not save yourself from death if you were to save us from sin. May I have an everlasting love for the redemption which you have won for me. And may I always remember that by accepting my own cross in this life, I will, O strangers of paradoxes, save my life for eternity. Let me mingle tears with you, mourning him who mourned for me all the days that I may live.